G'day, Nooba. Welcome to the News Story Podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Shrek, and uh, you're in for a cracker today. We've got Justin Baker from Fort Pierce. He's a 35-year-old firefighter, absolute champion of a man. He um, teaches stand-up paddleboarding and surfing and all sorts for the Special Olympics in the summer over there. Uh, he's just a really nice, genuine, down-to-earth guy. He's got um, he's, he's sponsored by a range of companies that we talk about a little bit in this episode, and uh, and we, we get into some good old-fashioned Florida diving. He's also part of the Spearheads, Spearheads TV, uh, which is a great channel on YouTube. They've got some awesome videos there, diving Baja and their local orders, uh, all sorts of craziness on there. It's a collaboration between, I think, six or maybe eight super talented dudes. We've had a bunch of them here on the show. Just a really nice bunch of guys. So, yeah, go and check out Spearheads TV on YouTube after this. And, uh, yeah, like I said, this episode's excellent. I really enjoyed chatting with uh, Justin. Uh, wanted to quickly mention a YouTube, uh, sorry, an iTunes review by Pesh in NZ. So he says, educational and hilarious, five stars. I've just started spearfishing and stumbled on this gem. I've already made huge improvements thanks to the podcast, and it really keeps me inspired, especially at work while I'd rather be in the water. Great format and amazing host. Love your work, Shrek and Turbo. Keep it up. So thanks, man. That's uh, that's an absolute gem of a review. We love them. Wherever you listen to the show, if you leave us a review, it's absolutely fantastic. It helps other people find the show, and we really appreciate it. So thanks, Pesh. Uh, yep, like I said, we've got Justin coming up in just a second. Before there, I wanted to mention Patreon. Now, we launched this just coming into 2019, and we've already got 40 bucks an episode in there. Seven awesome patrons, noobers just like you, that have been listening to the show for a while, stuck their hand up, and they are supporting us financially. So that's absolutely uh, excellent. So there's a couple of levels you can jump in at. Um, dive Knives, um, if you jump in and support at this level, it's two bucks an episode, and uh, you'll get early access to content, uh, enrollment. We've got a bunch of stuff that's coming or due to come out this year we want to give you guys early access this is one way you can get on and do it um you, you'll get free access to stuff that are you know we, we want to launch a bit later on down the track uh at five bucks an episode it's called the 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 fins and you're going to be able to submit questions in live q a videos uh you get advanced access to future videos and courses and uh yeah it's a good level if you want to get on for 10 bucks an episode i think we've already got three patrons at this level just absolutely phenomenal um you're going to get actual calls from us uh, occasional calls and we can uh chat about what's happening in your part of the world and and that'll be awesome and uh and uh just just chat spirit and, and you know and catch up on life but without any more mucking around, let's hook into this episode with Justin Baker and get into some Fort Pierce spearfishing. I hate it when a set of booties just blow out. You know, you're walking along a rocky ledge and they just give up on you one day, tear, or even worse, you, you fall over and your foot gets ripped through what was a small hole and is now an irreparable mess. It's time to head down to your local spearfishing retail shop. And here in Australia, that probably means Adreno. Now, spearfishing.com.au are 
a long, long time sponsor and supporter of the Noob Spirit podcast. So we would encourage you to head down to any of their stores. They are located in Melbourne, Brisbane, Sydney, and now Perth. And they've got a huge range of spearfishing gear. Head in and talk to a great bunch of people who know exactly what they're talking about and should be able to point you in the right direction. If it's something simple like a pair of booties, boom, two mil Cressies. I love them. But I'm going to try out a whole lot more soon and uh, send up a post on nosepiro.com. But check it out, spearfishing.com.au. Head into a local Adreno store. Uh, g'day, Noob Spirit listeners. Today I'm joined by Justin Baker. So, morning, Justin. It's uh, awesome to have you with me, man. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Good morning. I mean, it's getting into the evening here. <laughs> <laughs> no worries. Hey, um, I was just we were just chatting before the show, and I said I listened to your interview on Roman Castro's podcast, The Spirit, and um, got a blast out of that. So, I think we're going to have some fun today, man. Sure hope so. I love talking about spearfishing, so. Yeah, cool, cool. And um, you've been sponsored by a whole heap of guys. I looked through one of your profiles the other day. Who are you sponsored by? And, like, tell us a little bit about that journey. Oh, um, I, uh, you know, I've been super fortunate. You know, I think um, it came early on. You know, it all started just loving spearfishing and really loving to stack video clips and you know uh it really started with a guy from uh subsea spear guns his name was kevin mason just an awesome guy built these beautiful guns and you know it was just uh it kind of just snowballed from there somebody else contacted me and you know i've gone through a few companies um you know the ones the ones currently now are uh you know salt life is a brand of clothing you know yeah yeah. Yeah, they got got some cool gear yeah. yeah, they've definitely, uh, they've been super nice to, you know, it was my wife at first, um, they brought her on board and, you know, they said, hey, if your husband would like to come along and I was working with, uh, you know, not only working, as a great friend of mine, Aaron Chassis, I, I think you've interviewed him yeah, as well yeah, before, yeah. Um, you know, he had spirit apparel and, you know, I was like, yeah, <laughs> I can't, you know, <laughs> recently Aaron sold the company and, um, you know, that offer still stood. So, um, you, you snapped know, it up. To work with them. Cool. Um, frontline freediving, a guy, Sam Blunt in uh, North Carolina, just another guy, just a great friend, you know, a great yeah. human being. And, uh, he's awesome. Jeremy Gamble at, uh, Spearing Magazine, you know, he's always helped me out and love that guy to death. I chatted with him before as well. Yeah. So far um, three from three. I've had Sam on as well. Uh, uh, all, oh, top, all top, all yeah, top, all yeah. top guys, man. So three from three so far. <laughs> all top notch guys. You yeah, know? yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I, I'm fortunate. I live in Florida, so I go to the Bahamas um, every so often. Um, yeah. Hopefully, you know, more than not. But uh, Neretic diving for pole spears. Um, oh, wow. Great freaking aluminum pole spears, you know. And they they came out with like a roller kit now. Man, they got all kinds of crazy awesome stuff. And uh, Shark Shield. That's been right. helping me out. Cool. Um, amazing product. And I know you, your friend was bitten by a shark when you were down south. And uh, so the shark shield story definitely ties in well. Wow, we'll talk a little bit about some of this gear you're using, I guess, as we go. But um, how did it all start for you? Like uh, you were right into your surfing. And um, tell us a little bit about getting started spearfishing for you. Okay, yeah. Um, well, you know, <laughs> Like I've said it before, you know, like um, spearfishing really wasn't even on my radar when I was a kid, you know. I kind of just, you know, I did some snorkeling and growing up I just, you know, I was always a surfer. Um, surfing had my heart from a very early age and, you know, just um, that was my thing. And, uh, you know, like fast forward a bit down the road and, you know, I kind of kind of went down the wrong path in life, so to speak. 
um, got into drinking and drugs a little too heavy um, and just kind of lost myself, so to speak, and lost uh, lost my way a bit. But, uh, you know, it, it came to a point where it was like, you know, it's, it's time to stop all this stuff. I got a real big reality check from a lot of my closest friends and family. And, uh, you know, I kind of realized who and what I had become and decided uh, decided I wanted to change that. And, you know, um, as it came to my fun things to do, you know, surfing in Florida in the, uh, in the summertime is a little bit non-existent, you know, but, uh, it was around that time that I was kind of getting sober and, you know, um, didn't really have a lot of things to do for idle time, you know, when there wasn't surfing and, you know, it made me a little uncomfortable, you know, cause all yeah. I really had to do, you know, before was, really get high and drunk and you know that kind of thing just couldn't be happening anymore yeah yeah. so you know i had a good buddy of mine uh michael cooper he uh you know i was just, he asked me to go out on the boat with him one day and maybe go you know diving and spearfishing a little bit i thought it sounded pretty cool you know the guy uh let me borrow his gun and uh you know i was kind of just using a pole spear at first just missing everything i freaking was after you know i, I think i got a snapper on the pole at one point, it was like one of those paralyzer tips. So, yeah, you know, yeah. like, kind of hit him and he's ripped right off. I'm like, man, this is so hard, you know. But, you know, I, I always like a challenge. So, you know, I kept at it. And then he let me borrow his spear gun. And, man, it just snowballed from there. I was like, this is freaking so fun. <laughs> <laughs> so, we were um, we were free diving, um, you know, probably in about like 15 feet of water. And, uh, you know, it just it started from there. It was really uh, – really just to fill that idle time and you know i was always uh really loved surfing more i guess you know i could say and then uh you know spearfishing has snowballed for me and just just you know turned into this whole different monster i'd, I'd put the two on the very same level yeah yeah, um, yeah yeah sure which is which is pretty awesome you know it's so, cool to have something to do no matter what the ocean condition <laughs> so we're going to chat a little bit about your local conditions and stuff when we get into veterans fault but um I mean, do you have days where you've got big, gnarly surf and the water's super clean and good for diving as well? Do you have this 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 di- this dilemma occasionally? Um, you know, we really don't run into that dilemma. Yeah. <laughs> There's waves. The water is dirty. Yeah, yeah, nasty. yeah. Perfect. Like, the visibility's bad, so that's surf time, you know. And then yeah, nice. uh, when it flattens out, is usually when. Uh, is usually when we're able to go spearfishing. So. Well, that's perfect yeah. then, because otherwise it would be a really difficult decision. <sighs> Sometimes it would, especially depending on what kind of fish we're running or how good the waves actually were. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so you've got a decision-making framework there to help you sort of choose. That's pretty cool, man. Um, <laughs> so you're diving 15 feet. You've got this paralyzer tip. Um, you started to have some early success. Can you remember like one of the first um, memorable fish that just had you absolutely stoked? And, um, and the first memorable fish I'd say would be that, that first one that day, you know, uh, I finally landed a mangrove snapper, yeah. which, uh, you know, it's a pretty good eating fish. You know, we catch them from shore all the time. I, uh, you know, my, my pops and my brother were really into fishing pole. I call it fishing pole fishing, you know, yeah. um, like I just really didn't have the patience for it. You know, like I really like catching fish, you know, on a fishing pole. Like it's awesome. Like I'll yeah. go with people who out of fish and they're good at it we're bending rods it's going good yeah i'll go with that guy yeah, yeah. If i know what he's doing but 
you know, like that just trolling around or just kind of hanging out, really not doing much. And like, uh, just gets a little, I guess I'm a little too ADD for it. You know? <laughs> and, uh, I just can't. I can't handle it. So oh, I'm exactly the same. And it was one of those mangrove snappers finally hit him. I was so pumped. Yeah. I was like, yes. So it was like on top of the world, like just a keeper fish, you know. So it was awesome. So did you see that fish from the surface in sort of ten to fifteen feet, and then just like dive bomb it? What what happened? Yeah, pretty much. It was a horror. I, 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 you know, I can't remember it completely exactly, but I'm sure it was a completely horrible approach. You know, just <laughs> a couple snappers down there chased him down like like a bullet. You know, like <laughs> a fish probably was just dumb or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I still do that occasionally when I haven't got out for a while. You know, and you see like um like you guys call them uh, big uh, kingfish. The the we call them Spanish mackerel, but they they, yep. co- they come out of one side of visibility, and you haven't been spearfishing for a couple of months, and you're just tempted to just dive bomb them like a freight train. And those fish, they 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 are on to you. They live you know like um fight or flight every day, so you're not going to win yeah. on, on that. So definitely yeah and that's one of the hardest things probably about starting off do you think it's like slowing down and just chilling out i mean i remember listening to you talking about being a creep is that sort of where, where, yeah. did, where did you start to learn that a creeper i think i yeah. used <laughs> yeah, yeah. i think uh i think that's one of the hardest things you know that i finally have started to and i still am guilty of it, like you said too I haven't been out in a while oh, there's a fish yeah <laughs> Yeah. fish is like what the hell you know like yeah, they're, yeah. they're out they can sense it you know but uh i think that was one of the hardest things to learn in spearfishing was to just you know and and i had been schooled that way by some guys that you know kind of brought me up into becoming a better spiro and was an approach you know like never look a grouper in the eyes never look a snapper in the eyes like you know i started using these little tricks and you know it's it you know eventually slowed my approach and um you know obviously i think that hunting tactic works a lot better yeah yeah so you're talking like specifically with like looking fish in the eyes is that when you're kind of on the bottom and you start to see those fish in your peripheral vision is that that and even just you know kind of on an approach towards the bottom or or even in mid column you know when you see a fish is not to just come to me right away tune in on that fish you know, like I see it, I'm going after it immediately. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like, I see it. Hmm. Let's see if I can make this fish think I'm not even looking at it and see if it'll come even closer, you know, almost play it. Like, mm, I don't see you. What's, what's up? You know? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> uh, you want to check me out? Like, yeah. Hey, let's be friends, you know? Like, I'm, your, uh, I'm Justin. I'm your friend. <laughs> yeah. Let's be friends. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That'd be cool. Yeah. Hey, cool. And um, and then so like you're looking away, you're kind of still heading for the bottom. Do you close your eyes sometimes when you're headed down? Um, I'd say sometimes, but generally, generally not. You know, sometimes I think I'll be caught at the surface with my eyes closed, just breathing up, trying to find that you know that calm place where you know I can kind of let my heart rate come down and kind of get into that little little zen spot you know yeah, where yeah, you yeah. just kind of really catch that slow nice feeling before you take that you know last big breath and yeah get that get that heart but, rate down release all the tension from your muscles who taught you that um you know i've been schooled by uh by a couple different people you know like the first very formal training was with uh ted hardy yeah. um he taught me a 
intermediate level free diving course. You know, at the time it was like it, it was like a beginner to intermediate level free diving course. Okay. Um, actually, won at um, an expo, like a big, uh, you know, kind of expo conference sort of thing. You like, know, it's like called Dima. Blue Wild. Oh, Blue Wild. Yeah, yep, yep. Blue Wild. Yep. And uh, I signed up for this email list, and you know, lo and behold, like three days later, the guy sends me an email he's like or no it was like on instagram or something like that like you won you know like you've got to be kidding me this is the best <laughs> day of my life <laughs> you have to be better you know I'm like, yeah uh, and he really got started but um you know ever since then i just try to be like a sponge you know yeah um i've learned some really great things from forrest simon at uh go native um he taught me an advanced level course but um you know I learned some really great stuff to just, you know, like warm up stuff and, you know, some things of that nature. But I really learned from just talking to other guys. Yeah, yeah, know? yeah, for sure. So, like, some spearers sort of like dismiss freediving courses. They say, you know, like, you know, spearfishing's not freediving or whatever. Um, you, you know, you need to learn to become a better hunter. I mean, can you sort of um, speak to that? Like, how, how much of a difference has improving your freediving made to your hunting and your spearfishing? Oh man, that's a that's a tough question to answer. You know, it's probably a lo pretty loaded question. Yeah, yeah. But uh, you know, I think becoming you know a lot of these courses, they all of them are you know are oriented in becoming and making you a safer diver. You know, and to learn you know the kind of more so the limits of free diving and and you know what causes like shallow water blackout and things like that. You know, um, I think are gonna ultimately you know make you a safer diver and you know you're usually going to be going out with other people um make you a safer diver and when you become that safer diver you're going to become more comfortable i think you know and obviously in my opinion a more comfortable diver is going to be a better hunter um because of what we were talking about earlier you know your approach like you never want to just rush it you know, and, and so, yeah, it's going to work out sometimes. There's super dumb fish out there. You're going to be able to go kill fish that way. But when you get into that realm of, you know, hunting some trophies and some really better fish, you know, some uh, some really great fish or maybe the ones that, you know, you're just like, man, I can't get in front of these fish. Like, you know, how do I do it? You know, the thing, you know, and, and you, you, you know, you start to listen to podcasts like yours and get some experience, you know, uh, becoming that safer, you know, calmer diver. I think will always ultimately make you a better hunter. Yeah. Awesome. So say that's you know that's really where the rubber meets the road on that one. Love it, man. Good answer. Um, that was kind of where I was hoping you'd go. Like, yeah, I can fully relate to that. Hey, um, like you started talking about some of these fish. Like you, like I think with the really big tough fish, sometimes you see them and you bugger them up, and then that makes you like hungry to learn an approach on how to do it. So from there, like, how do you how, like give us an can you if you can give us an example of one of these species that took you a while to figure out and then ha, how do you hunt them sort of effectively now oh uh, you know i think the first one that would would have really been uh really been one that you know took a bit to figure out was grouper for me um you know gag grouper black grouper um you know those are pretty much the species that we'd be after in our in my local area here yeah and uh you know in the close local areas so, um, you know, cause the first time I ever saw one, I remember distinctly thinking like, how could you ever shoot that fish? There's no way. There's no way I could get close enough to that fish to shoot it. Oh, how really? do people shoot this freaking fish? Like this, 
<laughs> every time I see this sucker, he's already bolted my running away, you know, because it was <laughs> it was the way I was acting in the water, you yeah. know. Um, they saw me coming a mile away, and by the time my eyes finally connected with them, they were like, I don't want to be friends with you. I'm out of here. <laughs> yeah. up to, you know, and it goes, it goes to that premise of, you know, act like a predator, get treated like a predator. Yep. I think so. Ooh, I like it. Good language. Okay, so so you, you've you, you've um, discovered that you've got this wrong body language, and you're not getting these fish are just spooking before you get to them. What did you do to consciously slow down? Like, what was your kind of? You know, and, and like we talked about earlier, I started talking to people that shot grouper. You know, guys that were good at hunting grouper, and uh, you know, a couple of these guys, a lot of these guys were scuba divers in my area you know, um, that were pretty good at it. And most, a lot of those guys, I think, you know, uh, they shoot grouper in, in the rocks, like already in the rocks. They're coming, you know, they kind of use a light and get in there, find them, bang, done. Yeah. You know, a lot of these guys that have been doing it for a long time, they're going to see them in the open. And, you know, I just started, started saying like, Hey, you know, like, how do you get these fish not to run away from you? Like so quick, you know, like what's the deal? And, you know, more so of, uh, you know, the guys who were kind of newer at it, you know, may not have had the best advice, but every little piece, you know, finally I got to those guys that are like, you know, grouper scare really easily. Like, and I got that piece of advice that, you know, like I'm like a parrot, you know what I mean? If you act like a predator, you're going to be treated like a predator. So, you know, you, you go running at this fish like a lion, you know, and it's going to run away like a sheep. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, it's, just, it's, you know, it's like survival of the fittest type of thing, you know, almost, you know, and, and into that kind of, uh, oh, what's a word? I'm trying to think of a smart word that's bigger than me. But, uh, <laughs> we'll, come, we'll come back to it. Um, uh, okay, I'll give you a practical scenario. So, like, you're heading down, it's a deeper free dive. Maybe you're in sort of like 80, 90 feet. And you stick your head up, you're getting, you know, closer to the bottom. Maybe you're 20 feet from the bottom. You stick your head up and you can see a gag grouper. It's like maybe 10 meters off to the side. What do you do in that situation? It's like directly off to your right at a 45 degree angle. What are you doing from there? Gotcha. Well, the first thing I think, you know, when I come out of that tuck or I look at that fish, you know, and you see it, I think ultimately you're going to know right from the get-go does this fish think that i don't see it you know i think a lot of these fish will look up and they'll be like you can't see me (laughs) yeah 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 yeah. you really know but 10 meters you know i guess that works out to shoot about 30 feet for us you know here in american land (laughs) the non-metrics not like the rest of the world we got to be all special why can't we just all (laughs) 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 it seems like everybody else is a meters yeah 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 you know, so pretty far away at, uh, you know, 10 meters, I'd say I would be looking to think, you know, immediately, okay, what does this fish see me yet? And if it doesn't, you know, okay, now I really need to figure out which way I'm going to approach. Does it look like it's going to run this way down the reef or this way if it's going to? And if I start making an approach, you know, the last thing I think I would do is extend my gun, you know, and, head directly at that fish um you know something i really like to do is is have a smaller profile i think uh you know we're already big you know a lot bigger than fish are most fish that we're after anyways you know so if you extend your arm you know completely 
you know, I think it probably looks a little more menacing to a fish, you know, when I try to think like a fish. Yeah. Um, so I'd probably keep that gun kind of tucked, you know, towards, towards my chest and, you know, just head that way and see what happens. You know, every scenario is different. Yeah, um, for sure. It's interesting you identified the, the kind of the fish's likely escape route. I think when you started talking, I was thinking it's good. It's a good idea to leave an escape route open for the fish because maybe then they feel safer as well because all these things are sort of going through their heads in a, in a different way than ours. And then like if it feels like it's got an exit strategy, then curiosity might allow it to stick around for that extra couple of seconds you need to approach. But now, very cool, man. Good, good hearing your thought process. So now, cool. Yeah. And then a lot of times, you know, like, you know, some of those fish, they just, you know, it ain't their first rodeo, I think. Boom, they're gone. You know, as soon as you look, they're gone. There's nothing you can do. There's no way to change that fish's mind. He's out of there. See you later. You know, but um, those fish that aren't necessarily maybe beaten cheeks, so to speak, yep. real quick like that. And they may be like, ah, I'm, I'm leaving, but I'm not sure why. I'm kind of wondering what the heck you are, you know, kind of looking at you. You know, every once in a while, I'll drop that other hand off to the side and wiggle some fingers, you yeah. know. Ah. Uh, it's my hand is like, a, you know, a flashing piece. And, uh, you know, try to draw attention maybe away from the other hand that's about to extend my weapon of death you know? <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, and just maybe try to slow them down so yeah. to speak you know and like you know maybe just open up and definitely if they're moving away uh, i like to try to stop that approach completely stop it and then see if i can get that fish to stop again if it's still not within shooting range because sometimes i've found that you know completely stopping your approach will you know allow that fish that sense of ease a little bit okay I'm, maybe i'm not being stalked now let me stop and make sure i'm not being stalked and give you that that extra little bit of time to close the gap as you're still probably sinking towards that fish you know steering with your fins and what's what's one of your like um the best stalks you've had on a grouper a memorable stalk because because sometimes it's not your biggest groper that was your best stalk it was like a smaller one but you just ticked all the boxes and did everything right and you were super stoked because you earned that catch oh man well uh ugh. you've shot too many you can't remember them all <laughs> you know i guess you could say it has been quite a few you know like when you say memorable i uh you know, the biggest, the big, it was, it was the biggest one I've ever shot. I, uh, I was on my bachelor party. I, uh, I got married, um, you know, a few years ago here and, uh, you know, my buddies asked me, what do you want to do for your bachelor party? And I was like, well, I'd love to go on a trip where we could go surfing and spearfishing. That would be ultimate, you know, but either one would be awesome. Just hanging out would be cool, you know, and, uh, they ended up setting a trip down in Baja, Mexico. And they're like, you know, we might be able to surf, we might not, but we're definitely going spearfishing. And in one of the most epic locations in the world. So I'm like, this is going to be awesome, you know. <laughs> so they got us down there with uh, Sea Sniper Baja, freaking awesome operation. Great dude. And his wife, um, Chai and Linda Ochoa. Um, I think it's Ochoa. Yeah, it's Ochoa. No, I'm sorry. Um, but, uh, yeah, we, we loaded up the boat that morning, you know, and um, we had been out a few times and we had hit this big pinnacle, like the top of the pinnacles at like 100 feet, which, uh, you know, yes, I can hunt there. I'm not there for long. Yeah, yeah. I do not necessarily maybe enjoy that depth of hunting. <laughs> I do when there's fish that get out there. But, um, 
you know, like pushing it deep, you know, when you start talking past 70 to me, that's deep. You know what I mean? That's you're feeling the squeeze, you know, you're really feeling the pressure. Um, I feel like a little more so. Um, but, uh, you know, we're on this real deep pinnacle and we were making some dives. It was a little dirtier that day. And, um, I remember kind of coming out of, out of tuck and I looked up and I saw this enormous figure and I thought it was a big Kubera. Um, cause I had heard there's big Kuberas down there and, you know, especially on this pinnacle and, um, you know, I came through all this bait and these little, they call them wachinangos, little snappers, you know, you come through this big school of them and, you know, that's where we were seeing the yellowtails and ah, okay. you know, fish that were, uh, the yellowtail kingfish, I guess is what they call them down there. And, yeah, yeah. um, I just remember seeing this massive fish and, you know, it was one of those just, <laughs> it had no skill at all. <laughs> you know, I know we're what's the hardest one i just can't place that one this fish just i ended up kind of right on top of them behind him yeah so i was like pretty much in the fish's blind spot and uh immediately like i said i thought it was a big kubera and you know i kind of just rolled up behind this fish and i think finally when it sensed me and its lateral line it kind of just rolled off to the right and by that time it was i was too close <laughs> i was too close I had a great shot and I dropped this, I dropped this shot right behind, you know, right behind his gill plate above his head, towards his eyes and came out of his mouth. I mean, it was the perfect stone shot and he just rolled off to the side. And I just remember thinking, thank God, because, you know, there's nothing I'm doing to stop this at this point. Um, <laughs> so, you know, but remember, I guess you could say stalking. It was more like just approaching, just still sinking yeah. like for the love of please let me get a shot on this fish <laughs> i think i think it's another interesting point is like when you're diving that deep you know there's less hunting going on and more just clever approaches because you, you're not you're not having like a 30 second epic like stalk 20 or 30 meters sort of uh well, sorry you know like 60 70 feet you know follow along on the bottom you, you're flat out getting 10 maybe 20 seconds down there or a bit longer maybe if you're good but um really good um yeah, you know, so cool. And you unleashed your weapon of death and stoned this thing with a fantastic shot. That's awesome. What is your what is your weapon of choice? I, I, I think you use mid-handles, don't you? I do shoot mid-handles. And, you know, I guess it was just the first stick that I picked up. You know, it was an AB Biller. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, you know, I guess we probably got them over there too. And they're not the not the worst gun in the world. Not the best gun in the world. I don't like to talk trash about you know, yeah, yeah. products or anything like that, but you know, maybe uh, you know, I've found some better products over the years, so to speak. Uh, and then I went on to a rife after that. I, I just like that extra piece of gun behind yeah. me. Um, it seems like you know, when I go to hunt in a hole, that you know, you can get it in there a little further. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. You know, I reached that point where I knew all these super great Spiros, you know, these European guys, you know, for instance, that dive like, oh God, like, you know, 150, you know, to 200 feet and shoot these fish like tinier than, you know, I would ever even be after. And, you know, it's like, it's like an epic tale, you yeah. know, for them to shoot these big, long mid handle or not mid handle, but a uh, rear handle gun. So I'm like, yeah, these European guys do it like, you know, I got to get me one of those. So yeah. I ended up in a Rife, uh, like a Rife Euro, big old 130, like big old <laughs> long gun. And, uh, you know, I, I went to shooting like 50-50. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it just changed the whole aiming perspective. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. 
No, it just I couldn't hit anything, and I finally just realized it about a month later. Like, yeah, we're gonna sell this gun. Ah, <laughs> 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 oh, well, man. Like, I think half the thing is like figuring out what works for you, and you know, like a lot of Spiros just stick to the same handle, the same you know action, the same barrel, the same muzzle, and they they might change lengths and all the rest of it, but they really stick to the recipe that's seen them get where they are. Have you done like much pull testing with guns or like accuracy, like with targets and stuff? Uh, you know, I've done it once or twice, but it's boring. Um, yeah, you know, <laughs> I don't know if I can say I believe in that because, yeah, you know, you can figure out how a gun shoots straight, you know, in a pool to a target, but you know, let's put in current and a fish, you know, moving and yeah, you know, there's so many factors like. Uh, and uh, and I believe, like you were just talking about, you know, once you find something that works, <laughs> stick with it. If, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I sometimes find like I I have two different guns, and like if I, you know, snap rubbers on one gun or something like that, I'll just throw it over and grab my other gun because I'm in the thick of it, you know. And um and maybe my next shot will be terrible, and then I start to come right again. So there's this period of adapting to like the change. And um, this engineer, this gun engineer I was talking to recently, he was just like furious that I don't at least dial my gun in in the pool once, you know, like you do it with a hunting rifle. And he sort of gave me a lecture and I was like, he, you know, he's, he's right. I, like I should at least have it dialed in enough so that I understand what it's going to do when I take it into the water. But anyway, I got told off and um, that's, that's it. <laughs> I think uh, you know there there there's got to be some something to it, but I just you yeah, know, yeah there's so many fears and man to be honest like there's there's three three guns in my garage right now um you know and and I end up always using the same one right now. <laughs> pretty much <laughs> it's the same one every time yeah. you know I have some extra bands and whatnot but uh, it just works works really good the, the listeners can't see but a guy just built me this. Um, it's a custom custom double roller, and uh, roller, yeah. it's even got my name on it. So it's the it's a it's freaking excellent. It's a Widowmaker double roller. This thing's gonna go nuts. I'm taking it out on Saturday, hopefully. So yeah. Have you had it in the nah, pool? I haven't had it in the pool. <laughs> so I'm probably getting told off. But... Don't worry about it. Just go. <laughs> yeah, man. Just fish with it. You got it. <laughs> Spiro log, an actual log book for spearfishing. Yes, it's a paper form and perhaps we could go digital in the future. But at the moment, Spiro log is available right now on amazon.com to capture your dives and help you replicate past results. Because if you're capturing that fish in those specific conditions and it doesn't happen every week, there's probably some unique variables that are allowing that phenomenon to take place. So record them in your dive log. You can go back, you can have a look at data over time and you can see what works, what makes your spots and locations tick. Get Spiro Log on amazon.com today. Spiro Log by Noob Spiro. Oh my God. Yosemite National Park, California. Red Sox. Hang loose, bro. <laughs> SpearingMagazine.com Did you say SpearingMagazine.com? I did, I did. What do you know about Spearing Magazine? I know that you can get eight issues for 30 US dollars plus shipping. 
But oh you gotta God. email it. Oh my God. Oh Lordy Lou. Oh. But what you gotta do is you gotta email Jeremy at SpearingMagazine.com. That's oh. right. J E R O M Y at SpearingMagazine.com. Oh my God. <laughs> $30 US for eight issues, Turbo? That is phenomenal value. Email Jeremy at SpearingMagazine.com. Jeremy at SpearingMagazine.com. J-E-R-O-M-Y at SpearingMagazine.com. Hey, um, moving back into your story, like, um, what's one of the scariest things that's happened uh, to you? And um, what, what, walk us through the story and then kind of what your takeaways from it. What did you learn from it? Ooh, more serious things in spearfishing. Yeah. Uh... So probably happened a couple years ago. Um, and just a backstory real quick, you know, if you want to watch it when you get done or, you know, get done listening, um, it's on YouTube, uh, on the spearheads TV channel, um, blackout video. Um, it was a friend of mine, dear friend of mine, James, you know, he actually (laughs) lived with me for a while. Um, and, uh, you know, we went to go out spear fishing one day and, you know, we hadn't really speared too much together. Um, you know, like just here and there, like maybe once or twice. And, you know, I think, uh, we were doing beach dives, you know, it was kind of closer to shore stuff. And this particular day, you know, we were going straight offshore, like out to 50, 60 foot of water, which at that time for me, it was a comfortable hunting depth, you know? And, uh, for James, um, you know, later on found out not so much, you know, that was more pushing it for him. But, uh, you know, we hadn't talked about that and I didn't really know that. Um, but we had been hunting, you know, probably two or three different spots and, uh, you know, James shot a couple fish. I shot a couple fish. And, um, I remember, I remember him being on a dive and hearing his gun go off, you know, boom. Okay, cool. He's got a fish. You know, I even said it to the boat, like, you know, uh, you know, Hey, James shot something, you know, and uh, I watch him coming up, and he's dragging this nice mangrove snapper, you know, probably five or six pounds. And, uh, you know, he gets to the surface, and, you know, I look at him, and he comes up, you know, and then he starts – he reaches out to, to pull the fish in, you know. And I'm – I guess we'd say 10 meters, you know, so that's 30 feet away, you know, around that, yeah. that distance from my dive buddy. You know, not far, and to be honest, it was a pretty regular practice for me to be that far away, but watching, you know, cause I had, you know, taken a class at that point and, you know, um, definitely felt more responsible for the guys I dive with. And, uh, you know, I'm watching him and he reaches out, like I said, to grab his shooting line. Yeah. And then he's just kind of sitting there for a while, you know? Um, and I'm kind of like, you know, the fish is running around. I'm thinking, okay, well maybe he's just like letting it tire itself out. I don't know what's going on here. You know, and I look up at the surface and he's got his head in the water, you know, and, uh, you know, at this point he's completely blacked out. I had no idea. Wow. No idea. And, uh, you know, as he's not doing anything, it it starts to register. What the heck is going on? You know, and I start swimming his way and, uh, you know, he's still just kind of, he had this, you know, he kind of just blacked out in that, in that body posture of pulling in a fish. But. You know, as the ocean moves, you know, it kind of looks like he's moving. Yeah, it kind of yeah, looks yeah. like a, a natural body movement. So I thought he was just like, you know, maybe letting this fish run a little bit as he's breathing. Maybe he needed to do a little breathing, you know. Um, I, you know, I didn't know. And, um, 
you know, I replay the scenario time and time again, you know, and, and, you know, it's a lot longer to me in my head than it is even translated on video. But, um, you know, I still kick myself for it that I didn't realize it earlier, you know, I realized some of the signs, you know, as he was coming to the surface. But, uh, you know, again, I picked my head up from the surface and I, you know, at this point it's getting weird. Like, all right, James, why aren't you pulling his fish in? And he had this very spastic movement, you know, in his shoulders, and in his head, it kind of jerked out of the water real quick, yeah. you know, and I could tell just by that movement and the way that his body moved, I was like, oh God, he was, you know, he was blacked yeah, out. Yeah. Like I started sprinting his way, you know, and he was kind of just coming his, you know, his brain was coming back together, I guess you could say. Because um, he got that breath probably on the surface. So, but. Exactly. But, he, he blacked out after like a breath or two, yeah. you know, like they teach you in class. Yeah, but the, the, that, the, the time from that first breath until it actually registering and hitting your brain, is, there's like a 20, 30 second delay sometimes. And so that's when you black out. Yeah, so cool, cool. Sorry, I interrupted you. Keep going, man. So. No, not at all. Not at all. Um, you know, and then uh, I remember looking at him and he was completely bug-eyed, like wide-eyed looking at me. And I said, are you all right? And he just... He couldn't really say anything. I think he muttered something, um, kind of shaking his head. You know, no, I'm not okay. And I remember, uh, you know, I got him underneath the armpit and, you know, he was, he had his head up in the water. He seemed like he had, you know, enough wits about him to be keeping his head up. And then I remember his head just fell forward into the water again, you know? And I was like, oh my God, the, the, he's still just not here. But I thought he was, you know, and I picked his chin up and, you know, I started slapping his face a little bit, just saying, come on, James, breathe. You know, like they, they taught us in class, breathe, James, breathe. Come on, James, breathe. And, you know, as I've got my hand under his chin and, you know, he, he came back, you know, his head came back up and eventually, you know, his, uh, his brain took over and, you know, got him back to, got him back to breathing. And, you know, it was a, it was a long, long, you know, probably, you know, over the course of like maybe 15 seconds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? It was just uh, it was traumatic. I bet it was, man. Um, and uh, you know, he came back to it, and then we realized he didn't have his didn't have his gun. He had dropped his gun, you know. And um, luckily, it was kind of floating, not too far from the bottom. The fish would just, you know, kind of died, and it went to the bottom. I don't know how a shark never picked it up or anything, but we ended up we found his gun, and uh, you know, we got back on the boat, and uh, you know, cool, man. <laughs> just dealt dealt with it. All right, so. Everything worked out. You did. You did well. You were observing him, even though your response was, you know, like a little bit delayed. But I think sometimes, like, it takes maybe it takes a while of seeing that to, you know, you've got to be hyper aware of what happens to be able to even recognize these things. So, walk us through what's kind of what changed after that in your diving. What what, what have you done? What do you do differently now, if anything? You know, um, I'm always going to try to be that closer diver to your friend now. You know, and be more within an arm's reach if you can, you know, I mean, a lot of hunting, I think, you know, is done around here and, and poor visibility, yeah. you know, not top to bottom. Um, and a lot of guys, you know, including myself, like to hunt with a reel, yeah. you know, um, not a float line. So, you know, you make a dive and these guys, you know, um, you know, a lot of the guys that I dive with now are better divers and, you know, they'll be down and, I have no earthly idea where they're going to come up, you know, yeah. sometimes. Uh, and you just really got to be conscious, you know, and, and, and which way were they going? What kind of spot are you hunting? What, you know, where is the current coming from, you know? And, and you know, something I learned from James's dive and 
luckily it was on video, um, you know, was his hand as he was coming up and the speed of his ascent, you know, he's coming up pretty quick and he was using his hand. They call it climbing the ladder. You know, you can always tell when somebody's struggling, uh-huh. well, not always, but it's a telltale sign. You know, they put their hand up and they're kind of cupping water. They're using their hand to help swim them to the surface. You know, that's really indicative of somebody who's struggling, you know, somebody who had a tough dive. You know, if you see that, it's probably a really good idea to, you know, you know, if you see that person in that situation, like get over there more quickly, you know, um, know that that was probably a tough dive. You know, um, I think just, you know, really watching, you know, my buddies in a different way now, it, it really has changed me for sure. Yeah, cool, man. All right, hey, cool. Um, awesome, awesome story. Um, look, let's move into Veterans Vault. So you live in Fl- Central Florida, and uh, tell us a little bit about your job and um, how it allows you to um, go spearfishing a bit more than a lot of us. <laughs> okay, yeah, I, um, you know, I, I had worked in, uh, you know, the last job I had before this one was ocean rescue. You know, I, I was an ocean rescue lifeguard. And I did that for about 10 years and, you know, while I was trying to get on my way to the fire department, you know, I'd always want to be a fireman. Yeah. These guys, you know, in our local area here, you work 24 hours on and then you have 48 hours yeah. off. So it affords you a load of free time, you know, yeah. to uh, yeah. do some, to do some spearfishing, do some surfing, do, you know, just do some living. Yeah. And, uh, you know, in our particular area and in areas further south of us, we have, you know, uh, pretty high call volumes. We, we're in a pretty, we're in pretty populated areas, you know, uh, not very, you know, definitely not rural and, um, you know, we're pretty busy. So it's a high stress job, you know, and high stress, you know, you're running a lot of calls and you're pretty tired in 24 hours, even after a couple shift cycles. So every, Every three weeks, we have what's, you know, it falls, your shift will fall on what's called a Kelly day. And uh, my Kelly day right now is Tuesday. Um, You know, when my shift falls on a Tuesday, that means I have that shift off. You know, it's kind of like your decompression week, so to speak. You know, it it turns out to five days off um, every three weeks, which is, you know, a lot of times really necessary. It's needed just for your mental well-being, you know, and your your health. Um, But it also affords you a lot of (laughs) really... You know, a lot of time off to go do something really cool. So, you know, I've been using that time to do a little more spearfishing, a little more, a little more, which has been really nice. Sounds like I need to become a firefighter. <laughs> All right, man. So, so you, you, you're getting a little bit of time off and it's nice to get away from your high stress job and stuff. And, um, and your wife's a lovely, understanding woman. Um, ha, we, tell us a bit about your diving conditions there in Florida. I, I don't know a lot about it. Is there, is there shore diving for guys that are getting started? I mean, how, how does that sort of work? So there, there's a little bit of everything, you know, Florida, um, in my area, I live in central Florida on the East coast. Um, now, this time of year, um, in the winter months, you know, it's a little bit rougher, you know, we just have, you know, seasonally rougher weather conditions. Shore diving is pretty much non-existent this time of year. Like we don't get a marine forecast that'll calm down enough to allow the shore visibility to clear up. Um, you know, that happens more so in the summertime. Yeah. Um, you know, we get, we'll string some couple months together and, you know, even then it can, can get dirty too. Uh, we are, in my area, like one of the last areas that stays dirty quite often close to the shore. Um, you know, South Florida, the Keys, 
um, you know, like that area down there, like they'll, they'll stay clear, you know, like even closer to the shore a lot more often. Um, it just has to do with our current, um, you know, our, our, uh, Gulf stream, you know, and the way it comes in closer, uh, to the, to the shore down in South Florida. And we kind of get left in this pocket that, you know, is kind of more stagnant water, um, uh-huh. so to speak. And, you know, it just won't be as clear as often. Okay. Um, you know, I think that, that being said, you know, it creates a, a better opportunity for fish to aggregate and grow and not get so much pressure, yeah. so to speak. Um, you know, so we have a strong fishery. I think we have a pretty strong fishery in this area and to the north of us as well. Um, to the south of us, you know, it's it's clear a lot more often, you know, they can, this fish can get a lot more pressure. Okay. Um, you know, so all right, cool. I think yeah, it's a beauty of our area for sure. One of them. Yeah, yeah. All right. So, um, what about uh, offshore? Okay, offshore. Um, offshore, like you know, gets into like we were talking about a little, little more current-driven area where you can be a little clearer. Um, you know, when our predominant wind kind of comes more out of the south, it uh, it creates clearer water for our area. Uh, it just, it's just one of those things. Like when the current drives out of the North, it'll generally be dirtier. Um, it's just the way it goes. And this time of year, you know, you're going to be looking for a Marine forecast that's usually less than three feet, um, to get any type of, uh, visibility, you know, that's going to be consistent. Three feet as well. Um, you can't Sorry. bigger, but yeah, it gets pretty sporty yeah, too. Yeah. So, you know, bigger than that. And, uh, you know, those, those times will be a lot dirtier and you just, you just never know really. You kind of, it's kind of one of those things you got to either look at rip charts, which I know some people do, or you just go, you know, sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's not. Yeah, yeah. So are you close to Jeremy Gamble, like where you live as he's a bit further South? So Jeremy is, um, a little bit further North and on the opposite side of the state. Oh, okay. Jeremy is in on the Gulf side, oh. you know, we would be on the Atlantic Ocean yeah, side. So the same is like a big finger that kind of reaches in between the Atlantic Ocean and the Gulf of Mexico. Ah. Um, and Jeremy, the Gulf side. Ah, okay, okay. All right, cool. So what have you got a boat? Are you, how are you getting out? Have you got a good team of guys that you get out with in weekdays? And um, Great, great group of guys, you know, um, great group of guys, a couple guys that have boats. My father owns a boat. I don't own my own boat, you know. Um, I can use my dad's boat pretty much any time that I'd like. Uh, and you know, sometimes that'll be an option, but, uh, you know, I, I have met a lot of, a lot of good guys, a lot of solid guys yeah. that have boats that I spearfish with. So, that's, that, that's following know. a couple of good tips we've had from the show too. They said, never own a boat, have good friends with boats. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they are a lot of work, aren't they, man? Like, I think they definitely are. Yes. And, you know, I've put in work on other people's boats and, you know, I think that that goes as a good friend, you know, that, you know, you always, you always pay your way, you help, you know, you help clean, you know, help clean your buddy's boats and, you know, help them with anything they may need with them, you know, because, you know, you're afforded that opportunity to go with them, yeah, you know, yeah. and, you know, I think that's important. For sure. hundred percent. Um, all right, cool, man. Um, so you can get offshore occasionally. What about for guys starting out? What's your kind of advice to them in your area? How, how do they go about sort of getting out and starting to get opportunities on boats and meeting the right people in that. Is there clubs in your area? Um, you know, there really there really isn't, you know, in our area so much. There there's more so a stronger 
um, you know, club atmosphere, so to speak, down south. Okay. Um, down south. We started, uh, there was a, a club that started, you know, around here that I got involved with that uh, just, you know, to, to make a long story short, it just didn't work out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> out of a couple guys, just, you know, you know, like you spoke of earlier, just egos get in the way sometimes. And, yeah. you know, I think it just just didn't work out so much um you know but for guys starting out you know i would say uh you know get in get in some group chats you know we're we're in a the age of social media these days and you know there's a lot of ways to figure things out you know um through youtube through listening to you know podcasts like this one or um you know joining groups on facebook there's lots of like spearfishing groups on facebook um, you know, and like in that certain area and then just kind of reaching out and saying like, Hey, I'm new and, and, you know, maybe finding a, finding other guys that are new, um, can always help. And, and in this area in particular, I would say, you know, the, the summer months are going to be the, the better months to, to start, you know, if you're, if you're, you know, thinking in terms of, of shore diving and you really don't have access to a boat or somebody that'll take take you or you know guys that can take you that are going on a boat or anything like that um, i would definitely say like shore diving is the better option and, and and in the summer months you know all right cool good advice man um we'll just round out the section um what are three species that are great for the guys that are just sort of starting out to target three species oh. that they should um they should hone their skills three on species so three species in this area i would say one number one would be a mangrove snapper okay uh, you know just it's gonna be that fish that you can hone that skill of of slowing your approach you know becoming a little you know because yes you can just swim straight after a mangrove snapper and you know some of them are gonna end up making mistakes and you can get them yeah, like yeah. this guy right here perfect, you know, like you know, sheep's head, yeah. uh, sheep head are really great. And some guys, you know, I think, you know, as they get better hunters, they might kind of turn their nose at that fish, um, a little later, you know, because they're after better fish all the time. But, uh, you know, I, I never would turn my nose at a sheep's head. <laughs> they're just as good to me as grouper, snapper, any of that, you know, yeah, and yes, yeah. they're, they're easy to hunt and they're, they're pretty, uh, they're pretty dumb. Yeah. Okay, perfect. <laughs> around our area. The third one I'd probably say ooh, Oh man. The third the, maybe it maybe it wouldn't be a fish, but it would help you with your bottom times maybe to get out there and and uh, try to wrangle some lobster. You know? Okay. All right, nice. Might, you know, cuz it'll make you a better hunter. It's it's fun to do in a team, you know, and with some other guys and they're tricky little buggers, you know. Too, yeah. <laughs> you know, and uh I think it just you know it'll improve your bottom time and it'll improve you uh, improve your diving and and make you a hunter for those other fish you know and in learning how to dive. All right, cool. So, um, do you guys like if you're diving with a float and uh, float line? Do you do you like use your gun to mark out a hole? Because quite often, like you're down, you're diving and it's dirty or whatever, so you can't see yes. the hole from the surface. Do you chuck your gun in like the front of the hole and then it's sort of marked for you, and then you just follow your float line down to you it? You know, that's exactly how I did it early on. Um, it was always with a float line, and um, you know, even more so now in the higher current or in dirty water. You know, when I'm a lot of times when I'm lobstering and it's dirty, I, I don't even carry a spear gun. Yeah, like, I'm not even concerned with getting lobsters and that's it and i'll yeah. i'll attach exactly like you said you know a weight or some kind of a small anchor 
you know, and uh, I'll be swimming along the bottom. And, you know, a lot of times, you know, you start finding some lobster when you're at the end of your breath. And if you've ever lobstered before, you know, it's pretty difficult. <laughs> so your lobster like, okay, we'll deal with this later. And you just drop the weight right next to them, you know. And, uh, you know, the same thing can go with hunting when you get – when you're just swimming along in dirty water and you finally come across some fish and you have a float line like that, yeah, drop, you know, drop your gun in that area, and go to the surface, do a breathe up and, you know, uh, and get, get comfortable and then, you know, get back down to your gun in, in that area that, you know, you know, the fish are. Nice. And, um, I always seem to smash my head into the roof of caves and cracks, especially when I was starting off and I'm just keen because, you know, you go for the launch to grab hold of their, what you call them the horns, which is, you know, the base of the feelers. And you just always smash your head, I always smash my head. And uh, Jeep, as you, you wreck wetsuits and scar your forehead, it's terrible. Have you done that? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I've, um, I've had sea urchins hanging out of my forehead before. <laughs> Whoa. It's not, I'm not a good time. Actually, uh, I don't know if you guys have, um, I don't know if they're in your area at all. You guys deal with lionfish at all? Uh, yeah, um, yeah. Occasionally further north we do, we do. yep, yep. Okay, yeah. Um, you know, we have them, you know, they, they had actually become a problem over here for a while. They're starting to, uh, yeah. you know, price for them commercially yep. um, at the, you know, at the market now so they're they're more targeted by commercial divers and stuff which that helps but awesome. you know for a while they're, they're a pretty big problem and I actually in the keys one time i took a, a sting like right underneath the chin <laughs> literally the worst pain i've felt yeah? hands down <laughs> it was awful oh wow <laughs> Awful, yeah. So uh, and that was lobstering. You know, I kind of just got lobster tunnel vision. I saw all these lobsters spilling out of this hole and yeah. got one hand in one side, one hand in the other. And, you know, this lionfish was sitting right on top of the rock. It was some kind of weird, rare crossbreed. You know, it, it kind of like it was, it was real dark. It was black. And I never even saw it. And one hand in one side, one hand in the other. And then, you know, as I'm trying to work this lobster out, I'm pulling my chin down towards the rock, you know, as I'm clenching into the rock and i just felt this poke Ooh. right in my chin you know i i didn't think anything of it at first and then i came out with the lobster in one side and i looked down and i thought oh no so what happened yeah. like um did you how did it feel oh it was at first i was like you know i had been half stung by a lionfish let's let's start with this i had been half stung one time i shot one and it slid down the spear barely tapped my finger you know and like a buddy of mine that i was with was a commercial diver at the time and you know he was nervous about it. he's like oh crap because he'd been stung like bad before and you know it's really painful so he was like let's go in we got to get on hot water you know take care of it you know this is gonna suck and i remember you know it not being that bad so i was like all right maybe this won't be that bad you know but i knew i'd taken the full brunt this time so i'm like all right and, uh, you know, five minutes goes by. I'm like, damn, that's definitely worse than the last time. Ten minutes goes by and it's like, this sucks. <laughs> Fifteen minutes goes by and I'm like, for the love of God, when will this end? You know, 20 minutes goes by and my teeth are numb from pain. Oh. My whole jaw's numb, you know. And, you know, at that point, too, I had some medical training. So I knew I was stung in an area of my airway. Yeah, So, yeah. like, hey, they're like, do you want to leave right now? And I'm like, to be honest, like – this is going to suck no matter what. And we're in a beautiful place, beautiful location. You know, there's a lot of lobster around. Let's just keep going. You know, <laughs> it, it's becoming an issue. I'll let you know, call the coast guard. Yeah, <laughs> you know? Yeah. 
for right now, let's just keep going. You know, I'm just going to deal with this. I'd rather be dealing with this, doing something cool than just sitting there doing nothing, dealing with it, you know? So, but, uh, yeah, it ended up hurting for about eight hours. Six of those hours were just intense pain. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Super awful. <laughs> right. Okay, so avoid lying for sure. Talk to, um, yeah. I talked to a guy from Barbados, um, Alex, and he – he um he hunts them all the time. There's a couple of videos about you know how to pole spear them and despine them so you can cook them and eat them yourself. And uh, but yeah, it's definitely a, a problem in big parts of the world. It's they're very invasive. So the more guys that spear them, the better I reckon. But you've just got to be careful with how you handle them. And um, you definitely don't want one in your chin. Definitely so. Yeah, I would definitely not recommend getting stung anywhere around your chin. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, head over to vimeo.com. Check out the How to Spearfish video series by Luke Potts. There's nearly four hours of video training there, and they're divided into five different videos so far to help you take on the areas of difficulty that you might have. Now, there's a beginner's guide to spearfishing gear. There's a guide to how to increase your breath hold for spearfishing. There's techniques for spearfishing yellowtail kingfish, which also doubles as a guide to hunting pelagic fish. There's a, a guide techniques for spearfishing snapper, which is a really good, um, helpful guide for approaching canny reef fish which is a tough one and finally a guide to spearfishing around sharks if you want to buy any of these videos use the code noob Spiro and save a bit of cash check it out Vimeo on demand how to spearfish hey i'm just conscious of time so we've got two questions and then uh we're gonna i'm gonna talk a bit about how people can find you and stuff justin um what's one of the funniest experiences you've had out spearfishing which by the way i i Got on to you like years ago with Spearheads TV. You know, we talked to Andrew from Andrew from Nautilus and then uh, Aaron Chassis. And then I've talked to Jose de Barca. I think the only two missing from this, I think there's five of you guys. Nolan and you were the only two missing. Is there any Nolan more? and then uh, AJ Halley ah, okay. um, and Jeremy Cole as well. All right. Like, you know, a couple of the guys have kind of, you know, uh, uh, just haven't been able to make it on as many trips. Yeah, you know, yeah. it just hey, life works. You know, yeah, and traveling sure. works. So. But that's but, the cool uh, thing yeah. about doing what you guys do too. Like when there's a crew of you, you're kind of into it. People can come and go, and yeah, the friendships are always going to be but there. But the spearfishing intensity maybe comes and goes back off. But there's some oh, awesome definitely. videos on that YouTube channel. I'll definitely link that up in the show notes for people to come and have well, a look. Thank you. We we definitely appreciate that, you know. So I think I, I heard I heard about the banana suit one. I think. Oh, yeah, that was back in the day, though. Yeah, we did this episode. You know, it was around the uh, around the time of Halloween. You know, around yeah, yeah. here, and you know, we thought about doing costumes, and you know, so I go to Walmart. And, you know, it's just like the big super shop store around here, and um, you know, I'm looking for a costume, and you know, obviously everybody who's been on a boat has heard about bananas and boats you know yeah, yeah. lots will not let you on their boat if you have a banana yeah or you know don't even want you to talk about bananas they think bananas are bad juju period comma yeah and i a bunch of bull i love bananas yeah. i like bananas <laughs> Snack on the boat. i think that's completely a myth and it's a bunch of garbage you know and uh you know so i thought it would be hilarious because i saw this banana suit to go spearfishing as a banana <laughs> because 
so if you go out spearfishing, you have bananas on the boat, you're not going to get anything. And I'm like, I'm going to just myth bust the crap out of this. Love like, it. I'm going to wear a banana suit and hopefully I'll be able to kill a great fish, you know, or a nice fish. And, you know, so I went spearfishing in a banana suit. <laughs> it, was, uh, it, was, it was funny. I it love it. It's a great gig, yeah. man. So did well, you? Very um, I think it definitely made my approach pretty horrible. <laughs> <laughs> it's a big yeah, banana I, swimming towards us. What the hell is this? <laughs> so maybe maybe that sort of camo doesn't work. Maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Hey, um, what's in your dive bag? Sort of head to toe. What's kind? Of, what are you kind of wearing week in week out with your spear? Dive bags, you know, wetsuit, gloves, fins, weight belt. You know, to the specification of a class. You know, learning how to properly weight yourself and you know, be neutrally buoyant at the surface or, you know, at, at 33 feet and, uh, you know, or even shallower if you're hunting shallow. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, fins, mask, Gets mask been- that fits your face. You know, I, I've been asked by, a, you know, it's, it's a common question I get and I don't know why yeah. people ask me, what kind of mask do you use? Yeah. And I'm like, the one that the fits one that face. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> push on your forehead here or your cheekbones here yeah. or you know the bridge of your nose here like yes go into a free dive shop or somewhere you know ask for low volume if you can if you're a free diver obviously um get a low volume mask that fits your face it yeah. don't matter which one it is you I, know i love it. my my rules are i want the lowest volume one that will fit on my face and i can laugh and it's not going to fill with water that's kind of like <laughs> That's kind of like because I want to laugh when I go spear fishing. I want to have a, a shitload of fun. That's what I'm all about, and uh, so that's my kind of rules. But I do know that I've had, you know, masks that are too high a volume, and when you start to get down to like sixty feet, and you've got a higher volume mask, they are a pain in the ass to fill. They take so much of your air from your lungs that can be used for other things, and so I do want a lower volume mask, but I'm not going to compromise so that I can't laugh. So that's that's kind of my guidelines. You know, it's funny too. I've had that mask that I, you know, as soon as I smile, or yeah. even if you know you're chuckling, you're not even a full laugh. Yeah, just yeah. Raise your cheeks like yeah. you are right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh man, yeah, yeah. just poured, leaked like a sieve. It's a nice mask, but couldn't wear it. Yeah. Ended up giving it away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did the same, man. I think I might have sold one. But um, sometimes you get these masks with like really good vision, but they're just too high a volume as well. And uh, so, no, it's an interesting one, but yeah, it's very subjective because our faces are all different. Uh, Definitely. So yeah, cool. All right, man. Um, where where can people find you, Justin? Um, you, you're on the you're on the interwebs. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely on the interwebs. Uh, uh, I try to be on there as you know least as possible, but you know, you end up picking <laughs> on there all the time. Um, just Justin Baker on Facebook, and then uh, I have an Instagram page. It's uh, it's my name as one word, but it's spelled with three J's because you know somebody took Justin Baker and then I'm like, oh, okay, two J's. Up, somebody got that one too, uh-huh. and then I just kept adding J's and ended it up at three, you know, before <laughs> I could keep my own name. There's a whole <laughs> so, there's a whole world of imposters, man. They they're stealing your name. No, they're real. They're yeah. all real. Yeah. You know, they're all real dudes, but they just really beat me to the Instagram game, I guess. <laughs> Hey, a quick shout out to um, some of the other the, the the guys you mentioned that are sponsoring you as well. Like, can you give us a reel through them again? Um, and and what's your, what's your experience like with the Shark Shield? I always experience it with when one of my dive buddies has it, and I just continuously get shocked on it as they swim past me. 
that's, that's no good. Uh, but yes, it will deliver a shock. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> deliver a shock. It, it can also deliver a shock. You know, when you're when you're diving, you know, down, and you know you're you stop kicking, you know, at that point, you know, sometimes <laughs> the tail will reach around and, uh, Jose's got a funny story about that one yeah, actually, yeah. but, uh, and the, the one product that works, you know, yeah, the yeah, one yeah. Product, it's been tested. Shark product that works. Yeah. 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 Uh, do your own research, you know, uh, you can find plenty of YouTube proof, you know, so to speak, uh, internet proof, but yeah, there's other products I won't name names, but they just, you know, they don't work like shark shield does. Um, you know, I've seen it, you know, uh, in person. Um, and that's why I believe it, you know, you can see shark come in and into that field, you know, that the, uh, that the tag tail creates and, you know, immediately these sharks, you can, you know, you can see it in their face and their reaction, you know, they kind of give a little shake and they're like, Oh, that's, they don't like it. Yeah. They don't yeah. Like it. Yep. All right, cool. So just run through who, who you guys are again. So, I mean, I mean, I know you used to use Sea Sniper gear as well, but unfortunately he's shut the doors or he's shutting the doors on that, isn't he? Um, great guns. If you can ever get your hands on one secondhand or find one for sale, I'd say get one. Uh, yeah. <laughs> right. gun. But, uh, you know, I, right now I'm, I'm back to shooting, you know, that uh, – that first gun that was ever made for me really was a sub C spear gun. And, you know, it's just always been tried and true. And, you know, um, I have to tie the bands into the C sniper and I think it was just lazy at one point, one day I picked up the, the sub C again and I was like, wow, this, you know, just, just, just like the C sniper, you know, just exactly where I look, you know, I, I don't even think I really aim, you know, it's kind of more of like a second nature thing at this point um you know like you said you just run through real quick like salt life uh frontline spearing magazine um neuretic uh and shark shield yeah and you know uh spearheads tv awesome. gotta give give a give, yeah. give us plug i guess you know, yeah so nah, i love the boys over there you guys you guys have a good time man. so much fun yeah, yeah, yeah just great group of dudes you know yeah anytime we go we know we're gonna have a blast yeah it's, Want to want to want to come over and come out and have a have a few dives with you guys? It'd be bloody awesome. So I really hope you do. And I got a I got a spare bedroom. I'm looking down the hall right now. It's got your name on it. Anytime you want to come stay, more and, than welcome. And I'll probably email you about how to become a firefighter again as well because I just want to go spearing more. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> no. you got to find out how it's set up in New Zealand. I you know I. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, I don't know if they do that twenty four forty eight thing like we do here, but <laughs> now nah, one of our one of the sponsors for the show, Larry Gray from Penetrator Fence, he's also a fireman and um, he's the top man. And uh, seems like there's some. I was telling you before the show, I think you're the third fireman we've had on the show out of ninety guests. So um, there's some correlation there between you know um, spearfishing, actually good people as well, and uh, and and firefighting. So. So now, nah, awesome, awesome to have you on the show, man, and uh, real pleasure. Thanks, thanks for joining me. And um, any parting tips or comments for guys out there? Thank you. Well, thank you again for having me. I'd say parting tips or comments is just, you know, just be good. I remember having a con conversation with Andrew Quincosis from uh, from Nautilus, you know, and we had a conversation one day just at the at the table after a day of spearing, you know, and it's just. The best way I can describe it is just be good, you know, be, just be good. That's the type of people that want to go spearfishing with you. You know, that's the type of people I would want to spearfish with, you know, like 
guys that are lighting people up online, you know, and on the interwebs and just, you know, they're kind of a, a dick. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. so I don't want to go with those people, you yeah. know, I want to be, I want to be that type of guy who's stoked for people who are killing fish from, from the shore to, you know, 50 miles offshore, you know, big fish to small fish, you know, just go out there and have fun. You know, that's the point of being out there. Don't, if you're getting frustrated, you're, you know, you're probably going to, yeah, I get frustrated too, but you know, if you're not having fun, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> I love it, man. Hey, um, I'm going to link all this stuff up in your show notes again. Thanks. And, uh, thanks for joining me and, and sharing candidly a little bit about your background, you know, like, um, with where you come from and how you got into spearfishing. It's an awesome story. And, uh, I hope, I hope guys got a lot out of today. So awesome. Justin. Definitely. I appreciate it. Isaac. Thank you very much for having me on. Super stoked. Well, that was a bloody good chat. I uh, really enjoyed chatting with Justin Baker and uh, I'd encourage you to find him on social media and just check out some of the rad fishy shoots. He's a super humble and down to earth guy but a mad sparrow and uh, really good uh, good chat. Uh, so awesome catching up with Justin today. Hey look, in two weeks I am off to chat with Yarp Verbas. Now he is the author of Longer and Deeper, which is a book that came on my radar maybe three months ago. Anyway, I reached out to him, he sent me a copy, and I went cover to cover in this thing. It took me a week to read, um, just in my lunch hours at work. But it's the best freediving book I've read bar none, and uh, I've read a couple. And uh, this thing, it's just super practical. He's got a real experimental mindset, and uh, he digs through some myths does a bit of myth busting in this book but he talks about diet exercise and he really gets into the kind of the nitty-gritty of what you should be training when you should be training and how you should be training it and he shows you um, tools and devices for measuring um, your actual you know performance and how you how your training impacts that and uh, I'm really looking forward to this yarn it might get a little bit technical and geeky in two weeks so we'll see how that goes um, but yeah I hope you join us for that and if you like jump on and buy the book longer and deeper off amazon.com and uh, and then you'll be able to send me send me some more questions that I can follow up with them but uh, yeah that'd be great if you could join us in also guys I mentioned patreon at the start of the show if you go to patreon type in noob Spiro, if you love the show love it if you become a financial supporter get onto it patreon.com thank you thanks for listening today thanks for leaving reviews thanks for being legends thanks for just being the noob as you are i hope you get out and spare some fish this weekend have some mad fun all right catch ya shrek out now i don't know about you but i love new gear and spearfishing.com.au have got a huge range mad flat shipping rate especially in australia and if you use the code noob Spiro, you not only support us but you get $20 off every purchase over $200. That's right, pump in the code NoobSparrow at checkout, N-O-O-B-S-P-E-A-R-O at spearfishing.com.au and you will save 20 bucks on every purchase over $200. No-brainer. Thanks, Adreno. Hey, guys, thanks for listening to today's episode. If you are trying to improve your spearfishing, then you're in the right place. This podcast and our spearfishing community has got one of the best places to learn. Come and join us at, on the Noob Sparrow community on Facebook and uh, you'll get access when you sign up to the Noob Sparrow email newsletter. It's called The Floater at noobsparrow.com. 
just pop in your email your email and join our community you'll get the dive day checklist and 10 tips to become a better sparrow as well and uh, as as always we we would love a review wherever you listen to the show if you put in a genuine review it helps other people find the show tell your mates about it jump on their smartphone and even download a couple of episodes and tell them what a bloody podcast is all right guys let's check you next week thanks for listening to today's noob sparrow podcast shrek out